Welcome everyone here to episode number five of Spencer Talks. Hello everyone, I am Spencer Byers. I am the host, of course, of Spencer Talks. And today, after almost a month and a half hiatus, again, apologies. Haven't had much passion to talk about sports, but one of my favorites has uh, just hit its almost climactic end. So we're going to take a little look at March Madness, or Selection Sunday, which was today, as I record this at almost 10 o'clock on Sunday. So obviously the 72 teams have been selected, the, the, the 60, I guess 64 plus the extra first four in. We'll look at those games particularly first. Uh, Tuesday, the 14th, will be the first for two games, it'll be Pitt versus Mississippi State to 11 seeds, while the 16 seeds will be Missouri State, or I guess Southeast Missouri State, against Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Um, I'm just going to go with the favorites. Um, I don't pick. I didn't pick either to make it out of the round of 68, so I don't really think those games matter, but going into the next game, so I do think matter, it'll be Arizona State versus Nevada in the other 11 versus 11 game, as well as Texas Southern against F. D-U. Again, I think the favorites will probably win those, which would be Texas Southern and Arizona State on the Wednesday. And then on the Tuesday, it'd be, I think, Corpus Christi, who's the favorite, as well as um, Mississippi State. But then going into my bracket, because I've made two brackets. I'm going to go with my first one, which will be most likely the bracket I will win with, if you will, even though obviously it's nigh impossible to win March Madness because of how quickly the games come and how it really depends on who shows up the day and it, it's really interesting to watch and I would recommend anyone watching March Madness even just a game especially as the tournament gets better as the be- best teams play the best teams it'll be really interesting to see so Alabama obviously will win no matter who wins the 16 seed game I think Alabama wins um, Maryland versus West Virginia I got Maryland the 8 seed beating the uh, 9 seed then San Diego State who's the 5 seed taking on 12 seed Charleston I got Charleston in that one. They are currently 31-3. and They obviously play in a lesser conference, but I like Charleston. They're top uh, 30 in both offensive and defensive rating. Normally, teams that have won the NCAA tournament have been in that paradigm of 40 best, or 40 best in offensive and defensive efficiency. Charleston fits into that. Obviously, I don't think they win the tournament because, again, they do play lesser competition during their um, schedule uh, league play, but I do think they do beat San Diego State. I think they beat SDSU. Uh, I think Virginia beats Fulmer. I think the four seed beats the 13 seed. I got Crichton over NC State. Six seed beats 11 seed. Obviously got Baylor over uh, UCSB. I think Baylor's a great team this year. Uh, Mizzou, Missouri versus uh, Utah State, seven versus 10. I got the 10 seed. I think Utah State gets one up on Mizzou. I think Arizona beats Princeton. Two seed beats 15 seed. I don't think a team... I don't think there's a lot of teams that can compete with Arizona, and you'll see that as my bracket goes on. I've got Purdue against whoever they play um, in their 16 seed. I got Memphis beating FAU. FAU's another one of those uh, smaller teams that had a really good year. I think Memphis is a better 8 seed. They just won the um, AAC championship. So I, I over Houston, who is the number one seed in their thing. We'll get to them later. Also, the number one team in the country going into a conference play, the conference championship. So, I think Memphis is hot. I think they win the first round. Obviously, though, they have the pride of playing Purdue, who I think is still second in the nation, and obviously the one seed in their bracket. Duke, number five, versus Oral Roberts, which is 12. I take Max Abesmith, who two years ago with Oral Roberts went on to, I think, the Sweet 16 with um, Kevin O'Banner, who then transferred after that season to Texas Tech. I think Abe Smith does beat Duke. I really like Oral Roberts. I think they're another really good underdog. 
I think Tennessee beats Louisiana. I don't think that's much of a game. I think Tennessee kills them. Then Kentucky versus Providence, 6 versus 11. I got the 6 seed. I got Kentucky. Then K-State, or I guess Kansas State versus uh, Montana State. I got Kansas State. I think uh, I really like their Powell and uh, Keontae Johnson duo. I think they're both really, really good. Uh, Going into Michigan State. The Spartans take on USC, 7 versus 10. I got the 10 seed. I got USC winning that one. Marquette versus Vermont. Marquette, 2 seed. I take Marquette. I think they're a great ball team. I think they're going to go far. Then you get to Houston versus North uh, North Kentucky, 1 seed versus 16. Obviously, I take the 1 seed. Only one 16 seed has ever beaten a 1 seed. That was when Virginia got upset, I want to say, 5 or 6 years ago and then went on to win the tournament the next year. Um, I, Iowa versus Auburn. I got Auburn, the 9 seed, beating the 8 seed. Then Drake versus Miami. I've kind of flip-flopped on this one. I took Drake, who are the 12 seed, beating the 5th seed. But actually a really good game, really close game in my mind. Indiana versus Kent State. I got Indiana. I really like their squad. Iowa State versus the 11 seed, which could be Pitt or Mississippi State. I took uh, Iowa State. Uh, Xavier versus Kennesaw State. I took Xavier, 3 over the 14 seed. Then Texas A&M versus Penn State, 7 beats 10 in my mind, so that'd be Texas A&M going through. Then Texas versus Colgate. I think Texas has almost a free walk to the Elite Eight. I don't like anyone in the, I believe that would be the South Pool, pardon me, the Midwest Pool, other than Houston. I don't like anyone in that seat, so I think Texas has a really good chance of making it far. I got them over Colgate. Then Kansas versus Houston, or Howard, pardon me. I got Kansas. Arkansas versus the Illini versus um, Illinois. I got Illinois, the 9 seed being the 8 seed. Then um, St. Mary's versus VCU. That should be another really close game. I took St. Mary's over VCU, but again, that one could be really, really close. Then TCU versus the 11 seed, which could be Arizona State or Nevada. I got the 11 seed beating the 6 seed because I think Arizona State beats Nevada, as I mentioned. And then I think they beat TCU. I really like Arizona State's game. I think they're really talented. Then Gonzaga versus Grand Canyon. Obviously, Gonzaga kills them. 3 seed over 14 seed. Then Boise State versus Northwestern. I got the 10 seed in Boise State beating Northwestern. Then UCLA against UNC Ashburn. I got UCLA, another great team. Didn't win the Pac-12. They lost it to Arizona, but I really do like that squad. Now, a lot of teams, a lot of numbers. Um, Now I'm going to go through teams I really like. Before I move my mic up a little too much. Um, I'm going to go through teams I really like and then teams I don't like, and then I'm quickly going to talk about first, actually. Uh, North Carolina, finalists last year, lose the national championship to Kansas. They were, I believe, an eight seed last year and made it all the way to the, the national championship. Don't even make the tournament. They were number one preseason AP poll. They were the number one team in the nation. They end up falling out of the AP poll, and then they don't make the tournament. Um, very lackluster season, and I think that just proves something that I, I felt for a long time, that last year was kind of just a miracle run, and that... Um, Hubert Davis, their fresh coach, their second-year coach, who replaced Hall of Famer Roy Williams, who I wasn't a fan of at the tail end of his career with uh, North Carolina. I don't think Herbert Davis is a good coach. I don't think he gets the best out of his players, and I think it was proven this year with having a team that surged last year again, made the final, went on a big, massive Cinderella run, gets four starters back, gets Pete Nance, probably one of the best transfers out of anyone in the country from Northwestern, who was their absolute best player for Northwestern. Northwestern still makes tournament. North Carolina falls out with um, their best player, Caleb Love and Armando Baycott, who were probably their two best players returning. But again, they got Leaky Black as well back, and I believe it was R.J. Davis was the other kid they got back, and then I Pete Nance to it. That's five guys who could start on just about anybody, any team in the country, any team in the nation, and they still could make the tournament. So I think that proves to me, at least, that Herbert Davis isn't a good head coach, or at least 
could not get the best out of this team. Maybe he can get the best out of the team next year or or something like that. But I feel like a bad start next year for North Carolina would might mean the end of Davis's reign at uh, UNC. But then teams I like, obviously I like Houston. Even losing the their uh, AAC championship game to Memphis. They beat them twice before that in quite quick succession. They end up losing the uh, conference game. Hard to beat a team three times. We mentioned it for football. I think it's even harder in, in college ball because, again, I always depends on who shows up on the day. But I really like Houston. Um, I don't like Alabama. They're the one seed. I don't really like them. Um, I also don't like Kansas. But because, again, I mentioned, I think I think Kansas also kind of has a free walk in their, their pool. There are a whole lot of teams I like, which I think is my problem. There are a lot of teams where I look at them and go, you know what, I think that team's really, really good. I think that team can go far which I usually feel really good about a couple teams where I'm like, you know, that, that 11 seed I like or that 6 seed, that 5 seed, that 4 seed I like. There isn't really a seed below the, the top three that I'm like, you know what, that team can go really far except for one who I, I'm not even sure I end up mentioning. Actually, I did because I did mention that, that Iowa State does beat um, Mississippi State or Pitt, whoever wins that 11 seed game in the, the first four. They're one of the only few 6 seeds I really, really like. I like Gabe Kalshore, their top scorer. I think he's fantastic returning from last year's team. I think they play great defense. I really like um, Iowa State. And then the team that I have going really far, we'll go through it. I have Arizona going really far. I really like Arizona's team. They have five great starters, Courtney Ramey in particular with um, Tubelis, who's their top scorer and power forward. I thought he would declare last year for the draft. I assume he's going to declare this year for the draft. He's their best power forward. He's fantastic for them. So I really do like Arizona's team. Now let's go to my round of 32 picks. Obviously, I've got Alabama beating Maryland. I have Charleston, the 12 seed, beating Virginia, the 4 seed. I love Virginia. I love Coach Tony Bennett. I really like that squad, but I just don't think. I think Charleston's going to make the Sweet 16. I got Baylor over Crichton. I don't think Crichton can really give Baylor a game in essence. Obviously, it's going to be a close-er game because, again, 6 versus 3 seed, they're not that far apart, but I do really like Keontae, John, uh, Keontae George pardon me, and um, the Baylor Bears. I then have Arizona over Utah State, no doubt about that in my mind. I have Purdue over Memphis. I like Zach Eady. I like a couple other of their shooters. Um, I have Oral Roberts, the 12 seed, beating the 4 seed. I have them beating Tennessee. I like Oral Roberts a lot, as I mentioned. I have Kentucky losing to K- uh, Kansas State. I didn't like Kentucky. I would have not picked them to get out of the first round, but I like their matchup. I don't like them against Kansas State. I think Kansas State ends up taking that one. USC versus Marquette. I take the two seed. I take Marquette. Houston versus Auburn. I take Houston. One seed for sure. Indiana beats Drake. Four beats. 12 seed in that one. Not not too much mine on that one. I really like Indiana's team. I have Iowa State beating Xavier. Six seed beats the three seed. As I mentioned, I have uh, Texas beating Texas A&M, the two seed. Then I have Kansas beating the Illini, beating Illinois 1 versus 9. Um, I have UConn beating St. Mary's, 4 seed beats 5 seed. I have then Gonzaga beating Arizona State, who I think will make it out of the first four game against Nevada. And then I have UCLA beating Boise State to make it to the Sweet 16 for the Bruins. Sorry, I'm kind of battling something right now. I don't really know what. Kind of, that's why it's kind of surprising I decided to do this. But yeah, I've been battling some the past couple of days. My throat's gone and my nose isn't happy with me. And yesterday was just awful, but nevertheless, they go into the Sweet 16. I got Alabama beating Charleston. Charleston's r- magical run as a 12 seed ends in the uh, Sweet 16, losing to the Crimson Tide. I then have Arizona beating Baylor. Two seed beats three seed. I have Purdue beating the 12 seed Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts' run ends 
as a 12 seed, and I then think Max Abe Smith, their best guard, will get drafted. If not drafted, he'll be signed as a free agent, and you watch out for him. He's a small guy. I believe he's six feet, kind of thin, really good scorer, can shoot from just about anywhere on the floor. I think he's a good passer. I think he will pan out. I'm not sure he will be a game changer in the NBA, but I think he will be at least a rotational guard and will be a scorer in the NBA. I then have Kansas State beating Marquette. Three seed beats two seed. That should be a really good game if that ends up panning out. Houston versus Indiana. I got Houston. No offense to Indiana. I don't think that game's close. I think Houston kills them. Then Kansas versus UConn. I'm, I'm not sure I mentioned this. I only like Kansas's team. I love Jeff Wilson, their best scorer, best forward. I think he's averaged well over 20 a game. But other than Wilson, I think their, their lineup is kind of inconsistent. And if, you know, the other guys don't show up, because Wilson will. You know, I'm not sure how far they can go, but again, I don't like their pool until it gets to the latter half, and then I think they don't really compare to either UCLA or Gonzaga. I have the Zags beating uh, UCLA in that one, so let's go to the Elite Eight. My Elite Eight are Alabama versus Arizona, Purdue versus Kansas State, Houston versus Texas, and Kansas versus Gonzaga. I have all four number one seeds getting through. Kind of unlikely, but I, I like a lot of the one seeds. I don't see a lot of teams being able to upset them, which is kind of my problem. The Crimson Tide lose to the Wildcats. They lose to Arizona, so the two seed gets through. Purdue beats Kansas State, so Kansas State runs. Kansas State's run ends in the Elite Eight. I have Houston beating Texas. I said I think Texas will have a good run because I don't like a lot of teams in that pool, but I think Houston does end up beating them. I then have Kansas losing to Gonzaga. As I mentioned, I don't like Kansas's team, and I think Gonzaga would be able to limit them and be able to beat every, basically stop everyone except for Jeff Wilson. No one's able to stop Jeff Wilson, so I think they're able to, to beat the uh, Jayhawks. So then the uh, final four is Arizona versus Purdue and Houston versus the Zags. I have Arizona beating Purdue and going to the national championship. I then have Houston beating the Zags to go to the national championship. So my final is Arizona two seed versus Houston one seed, and I have Arizona winning it. I have Arizona winning it all, 75-70. to 70. And... Uh, the big reason why I really like the uh, Wildcats is very, very specific. As I mentioned, I love their team. I think they're beyond talented. I don't think a lot of teams can compete with them on a talent basis. I just do. I really like their team. I like how mixed they are. I think they have so much talent that any given night, one of these guys can pop off. Again, they just won the Pac-12 championship after losing to UCLA near the end of the season. They then beat them in the tournament only by two, but still beat them. You know, they have uh, a lot of European talent. They have uh, Kirk Kreisa. They also have uh, Tubelis. I can't really pronounce his last name or, or first name. He's from Lithuania. Courtney Ramey, who they got from Texas as a senior transfer, I believe. They also have uh, Pelle Larson, who's a Swedish player, I believe, yes, he is. He's also been fantastic for them this year. And they have uh, Omar Ballo, who's been uh, a really good center in replacement of Christian Coloco, who they had last year, who got drafted 33rd overall by the Raptors, I believe. And then they even have uh, Cedric Henderson, who I also think is really, really good. You know, and that's that's what I mean. I think they have so many good players in so many spots that they're able to... There's not really a player you can pick on Arizona. Obviously, Tubelis has been their best player. He's averaging almost, 19, almost 20 a game. He's averaging 19.9 points per game. So you probably limit Tubelis. You limit this team. But, you know, they have... For my count, quick. They have five guys who average ten over 10 points per game. And then uh, Henderson averages 8.3 points per game. So it's really, really hard to guard this Arizona team. And um, they don't really fit the models I mentioned earlier where you want to be top 40 in both offensive and defensive rating. They're 16th, high for 16th in offensive rating. They're 88th in defensive rating, while Houston is top 40 in both. So that also might affect 
that particular result in my in my my true bracket. But I really like Arizona's team as I keep talking about. I really, really do. And I think they're going to basically... I wouldn't say walk the NCAA tournament because no one walks the NCAA tournament. Everyone plays a lot of close games throughout the tournament. But um, I definitely don't think my bracket's going to win anything because I think, again, the problem is I don't like a lot of the lower seeds, which almost always there's one or two lower seeds that make it to the Elite Eight, make it to the Final Four because of just being hot at the right time. But, um, yeah, so I thought I'd just talk about Selection Sunday, which, again, was today, at, as I record this right now, exactly at 10.02 p.m. Eastern uh, Standards Time. But, um, yeah, so I, I think Arizona, I think the Wildcats end up pulling out the national championship. I made a whole lot of brackets because, again, I really don't see a lot of lower-ranked teams beating the higher-ranked teams, which I know I'm going to be wrong on, and I can't wait to watch the games. And I plan to watch at least a game a day. I may review it. As the Spencer talks, um, I, I do plan to watch, if I'm able to find coverage, is Pitt versus uh, Mississippi State, and then the next day, Arizona State versus Nevada, and then um, I probably try to watch at least one game through every single day of the tournament, just because, again, I love college ball, I love um, the randomness of it, but also just the the, the scheming and the, and the uh, coaching of it. Because that's why I hate the NBA. I hate the way that basically I think all coaches are basically babysitters. I don't really think they they coach much because everyone does the same thing. Everybody does the same five or six actions. Everyone does the same, you know, two couple defenses. There isn't a lot of variety at the NBA level because they have so much shooting now that it's not impossible to play multiple things that are going to maximize your talent. Unlike college, where, you know, you might have one good shooter, two good shooters, tops, maybe three. If you're lucky, you got three. So, you know, you have to mix things up and run different things and maximize different talents in different ways. So that's why multiple defenses get run and multiple sets get run and multiple schemings get done to create offense. Like, you'll see, you know, you watch four games in, in one day in the March Madness. You'll see, you know, five different defenses. You'll see six different offenses. You'll see hundreds of different sets from those set specific offenses if it's the Princeton or if it's the uh I'll even say the triangle which doesn't get run very much anymore but I think still has its use horns which I don't really like personally but I know it gets run a lot and I'll kind of go through those offenses quick so Princeton in essence is the idea of having backdoor cuts but you really need to run it with a two-guard offense most teams don't run two guards anymore they run purely one guard which is the point guard but if you can run two guards and you run the Princeton where you try to create offense by doing backdoor cuts and doing off-ball screens to create backdoor cuts because it's an older offense, I think, created by Pat, uh, Pete Carrill, pardon me, with obviously Princeton, the uh, Ivy League University who is in the NCAA tournament, I think a 15 seed this year. Um, but yeah, in essence, that's the goal. Obviously, there's lots of things they do out of it and lots of things that people steal from it which you'll hear a lot during, I assume, the tournament will be floppy action, which basically just means the forwards are at the elbows and the guards are at the slots, which is the line from basically um, the the key. And they just basically flip, where basically both guards screen for the forwards and the forwards pop out to the slots and the guards stay in the corner slash elbows. And that's basically it. And it creates a little bit of a different action depending on if the team switches it or if the team um, just... Uh, fights through the screens or what have you um the triangle is just triple threat where basically you always create a triangle and there's I think 34 different options for what um former lakers and bulls coach phil jackson 
um, popularized with the Bulls and then with Michael Jordan and the Bulls and then with Kobe Bryant and the uh, Lakers and even Carmelo Anthony with the New York Knicks later in his career. And then, um, again, that's not really run much anymore, at least at the college level and especially not the NBA level just because of it's very stagnant and it is really hard to run. But anyway, and then the third offense I mentioned, if I can remember off the top of my head, I don't believe I said the spread, which is basically just a weird way of saying it's a motion-based offense where the ball stands on the elbow. You have basically two guards in the slots, two guards on the elbows, and your forward is sitting at the free throw line. And um, the ball gets swung to the opposite side elbow. So if the ball's on the right slot, it goes to the left side elbow. If it's on the left side slot, it goes to the right side of the elbow. And whatever elbow side it goes, the First guard, the passer from originally. So say we have the ball in the left slot, moves to the right side of the, the floor. The uh, first cut is the right side slot, cuts straight to the basket, and then flares out to the corner. You then have the second guard from the slot cut kind of in front, or uh, basically cut to the, the big, the center, at the free throw line and cut off of him towards the basket, trying to get a... Uh, quick basket off that if neither of those work then the player at that elbow flares up so it is the other um the other player who flared to the corner they flare up then the uh, usually the ball will swing to the, the next slot as i mentioned so elbow to slot and then they kind of pass it to the center which is the pinch post and then you have lots of different options out of that um i'm not a big fan of the spread but i know people use it i know the Illini under coach Brad underwood exclusively run or not exclusively but they run it a lot they really like to run the spread it's something he's used every level he's played at, including saving off Austin and his one year at Oklahoma State. But anyway, so that's what I mean. You see so many different offenses, so many different sets, so many different plays that they can run instead of like the NBA where you see just basically spread ball screen, spread ball screen into corner three or, you know, a free roll because they're trying to cover shooters because everyone's switching everything. Which just means when there's a ball screen, instead of trying to fight over the screen or sag under the screen, you could basically just say switch. And then the guy who was on the screener is now on the ball handler, and the guy who was getting, who got the screen is now guarding the screener. In, in spite of if they're a big or a guard, doesn't matter. You just switch it. Period. And some teams just switch everything, and I appreciate them. I think it's a very aggressive way of doing it, and I think if you have the size and athleticism to do it, you should. But if you don't, then definitely don't, because you're going to get beaten up bad in the post if you have a guard who can't guard a center or a power and getting pushed into the key and getting sealed off on a drive or getting posted up on by, I'll say, a guy like Zach Eady, a Canadian, 7-4. He's absolutely fantastic. Will be a big reason why um, Purdue will make a run if they end up doing that. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think I've had enough fun talking about scheme a little bit. Hopefully I didn't confuse anybody with that. Um, I do love talking about scheme. I love to coach basketball one day at some sort of level. I'm not sure I'll ever get the opportunity to. But I really hope to, at, at some point, get to coach basketball at a high school or college level. But um, anyway, yeah, that's it for March Madness. Again, I, I plan to try to review games. Again, games start on Tuesday the 14th, so in two days' time, or basically one day if you're watching this on uh, Monday morning. But, you know, um, I hope to review a game a day, or at least one, maybe two games a day, and be able to talk about them. Obviously, again, I have to make that work for my, my school schedule, but or a schedule if you're Ray Williams. But anyway, um. So, yeah, that'll be the goal. I can't, can't guarantee anything because I took a month and a half hiatus from my last Professor Talks, but I hope, again, not to, to leave you guys hanging for, for that long. But anyway, thank you so much for watching. Episode 5, Spencer Talks.